This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today. We have people watching Getting to Know Your Bible the first time every time we come on the air. We want to thank you for watching today. Now today on our telecast, we have a very challenging topic. The devil wants you. I hope that you'll stay tuned because he wants me as well. So let's stay tuned as we discuss that subject today. Now on getting to know your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course and I'd emphasize the course is free and we want you to have it that you might know more about the course itself and that you might know how to receive this free course. Why don't we pause for just a moment? To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-711. 5214. I'm going to be reading today from Luke, the 22nd chapter. And in the reading from Luke, chapter 22, Jesus is in conversation with Simon Peter. He's warning Peter about Satan's intention. I'm going to read verse 31 to 34. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you. Think about that. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. In this text, Jesus tells Peter, Peter, Satan wants you. He wants you so he can sift you like wheat, but I want you to know, Peter, that I prayed for you that you'll be strong. I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And then Peter somewhat boastfully said, well, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. He just thought he was. Because the Lord said, before the rooster crows today, you're going to deny me three times. And of course, we know that he did. How many people believe Satan is real? I decided I'd see if I could find some statistics on that. And there's really not any conclusive evidence about how many. When I say conclusive, 
I cannot say, for example, that there are 98% of the people in America who believe Satan is real. Of course, that's not true that that many do. I found statistics that go like this. Some One survey said only 60% of the American people believe Satan is real. Another survey said 70% of the American people believe Satan is real. So, so I suppose we would be safe in saying there's somewhere between 60 and 70% of the people in America believe in the reality of Satan. Whether they believe in his reality or not is really beside the point. He exists. Uh, some say that they don't believe that Satan is a real personality. They refer to Satan merely as an evil influence in the world. But Satan is described within the pages of the Bible as a real personality. From the very dawn of time, he's done everything within his power to destroy humanity. He entered into the first home, the home of Adam and Eve, and he lied to them. They believed his lie, and as a result, sin and death entered into the world. So Satan is against mankind. The thing that I want us to know is that Satan wants you. Someone says, well, Brother Lambert, how do you know Satan is real? Is there any way that we can really know Satan is a real personality? Well, there are two things that I'd mention here. For first of all, I would mention observation and experience. Observation and experience tells us that there is some evil force behind all that's happening in our world today. Two men camped out on the desert one night. The next morning one of the men said to the other that there was a camel here last night. The other said, how do you know there was a camel here last night. And the man replied, I see his tracks everywhere. And everywhere we look in our world, we see Satan's tracks. We see the devastation, destruction that he leaves behind. Why, for example, when you go into a funeral parlor to to comfort someone who's just lost a loved one. We are reminded of the work of Satan in our world. We would not have death in the world without Satan having influenced Adam and Eve in the very beginning of time. When we see people whose lives are ruined by dissipation, we see the evidence and the influence of Satan in the world today. When we hear of homes that are broken up because of unfaithfulness on the part of one in that relationship, it reminds us of the reality of an evil power, an evil influence in this world. I, I would say this. If Satan is not real, who is behind all of the greed in our world? Who is behind all of the corruption? 
Who is behind all of the violence? Who is behind all of the wars that are fought? If Satan is not real. I know he's real because of observation and because of experience. But a second reason that I know Satan is real is because of what the Bible says. For example, in Matthew chapter 4 and 1, Jesus was, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 26, Jesus said if Satan cast out Satan, then he's divided against himself. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, Christ there said, Depart from me, ye cursed and everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell originally was prepared for Satan and for his angels. In John 8, 44, Jesus said to a certain group of people, You are of your father, the devil. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 3, Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart? Why, well, he had allowed Satan to influence his life and it filled his heart. In Ephesians, the second chapter and verse 1, Paul wrote, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. There Satan is referred to as the prince of the power of the air. And then in Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. Then Paul continued in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil are the tricks of the devil, the schemes of the devil, the planning of the devil. So we're warned about Satan in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're warned and encouraged to stand tall, stand strong against Satan. Then again in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants you. He wants me. He wants all people. Then in 1 John the third chapter and verse 8, He that sinneth is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. And then finally, let me read from Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone uh, 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 where the beast and the false prophet are, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. My friend, the truthfulness of the Bible and the reality of Satan stand or fall together. Because you see, the Bible teaches Satan is real. He is real. The Bible says he's real. Why someone says, well, I heard certain 
preacher say one day that he did not really believe in the reality. Say It doesn't matter what some preacher says. I'm going to take the Bible, this inspired book, this inspired Word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit that tells us Satan is real. And Satan originally was in heaven. In Luke chapter 10, verses 18 to 20, Jesus said to the disciples who had been out on a limited commission, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So he evidently originally was in heaven. Well, what was the cause of his downfall? We have an inkling of what that may have been. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6, where Paul is giving a qualification of those who serve as elders or bishops or pastors in the church. This is a negative qualification. And this person cannot be a novice. A novice is one who is new in the faith. A new Christian. A babe in Christ. He said, not a novice lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. It seems as though pride or the wrong kind of ambition may have been the reason for Satan's downfall. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, Jesus said, Depart from me, cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. In a second Peter chapter 2 and verse 4, Peter wrote, and God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down into hell, reserved in chains of darkness unto the day of judgment. And so Satan originally was in heaven, but he sinned. His destiny is hell, and Satan wants you. That's what Jesus said to Peter. Simon Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. The devil wants me. He wants my family. He wants you. He wants your family. He wants your children. Well, someone says, well, Brother Lambert, you know, I hate to tell you this, but the devil never bothers me. One day the boss saw one of his employees at break reading the Bible. He noticed that he would do that every day. And finally he went to him and he said, let me ask you something. You really believe that book you're reading? He said, yes, sir, I do. You really believe in God? He said, yes, sir, I do. He said, why do you do that? He said, because the devil is after me and I don't want him to get me. Well, he said, I hate, he said I'll tell you this, the devil never bothers me. He said, well, boss, he said, let me ask you a question. If you went duck hunting and you shot up into the midst of a bunch of those ducks as they're flying and you killed some and you wounded some, which ones would you chase? Why, he said, everybody knows that you don't chase a dead duck. He said, that's what I'm trying to tell you. If the devil's not doesn't bother you, you're already a dead duck. He already has you. So we're not paying ourselves much of a compliment if we say the devil never bothers me. Satan wants you. Well, now what does he really want? Well, first of all, 
Satan wants to keep you away from the book that I hold in my hand. He wants to keep you away from the Bible. He does not even want you to order the Bible correspondence course. Absolutely not. Here's the reason the devil wants to keep us away from the Bible. Because you see, he knows the power there is in this book. Why Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful. There is power in this book. Romans 1.16 reads, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Satan wants to keep you away from this book because of its power. He wants to keep you away from this book because he knows that once you start studying this book, you will learn from this book the value of being a Christian. And he knows that you will learn how to become a Christian. No, he doesn't want you in this book. That's what he's trying to do. Keep us out of the Bible. Why, he knows that once you start studying this book that you'll learn that one must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The Peter made that confession in Matthew 16, 16. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. We must believe that he is. We must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll learn from the Bible that you have to be willing to give up the sin in your life. That is, repent of sin and die to it. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Romans chapter 6 and verse 2. That simply means that we die to the love, to the law, to the willful, deliberate practice of sin in our lives. We may make mistakes and we may sin, but it will be out of weakness and not deliberately. Not because I plan to do it. Not premeditated sin in my life. We repent of our sins. And our Lord stressed the, the uh, importance of it when he said, I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, you, you shall all likewise perish. And the Lord know, the, Satan knows that once you start studying this book, you'll learn that you have to confess your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ or he'll deny you before men. Matthew 10, verse 32 and 33. And Satan knows... This very plain, simple, understandable explanation of Jesus as to how to be saved. Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You see, Satan wants to keep you out of the book because he knows you'll learn all of those things. And then Satan wants to keep you out of the Bible because he knows there's power in the Bible to keep you from sin. In Psalms 119 and verse 11, the Bible says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There's power in this book. Satan wants to keep you out of the Bible. But Satan also wants to keep you out of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the reason he wants to keep you out of Christ because he knows what you will have if you are in Jesus Christ. Why, for example, he knows that you will be a new creature in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Satan knows that if you are in Jesus Christ, you will have salvation. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10. Satan knows that if you are in Christ, that you'll have the benefit of all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Ephesians 1, verse 3. So Satan wants to keep you out of the Lord Jesus Christ.
He does not want you to render obedience to the gospel of Christ. That's what Satan is trying to do. But then Satan would want to get you out of Christ and back into the world and to use you as an instrument of destruction among men. You see, Satan is trying to destroy the human family. And Satan wants to keep you as a slave. He wants to be your master. So he wants to get you out of Christ, back into the world. He wants to get you away from the right relationship with God so that you would be lost eternally. Satan sometimes uses people even within the church when people are acting childishly like little children. Well, they have become instruments of Satan. When they're people that, that gossip, they sow discord within the body of Christ, Satan is using them. They have become instruments of destruction in his hands. But, but let me tell you something else that Satan wants. Satan wants to invade your family. And whether you know it or not, and whether I know it or not, he's knocking on the door. He wants in. He knocked on Eve's door, and she let him in. I think we ought to do like one little girl said, that every time the, do the devil knocked on her door, she just sent Jesus to the door. Oh, out of that, we learn from little children sometimes, don't we? But the Satan is trying to invade your family. And, and unfortunately, he's being rather successful in our country. You, you think about the fact that we are now told that one out of every two marriages will end in divorce. That's the average. I would like to think that that's not correct, but I keep hearing it over and over and over. And so it must be in the realm of reality. And if that's the case, that is tragic, that is sad. Well, why, how did that happen? Why did this man and this woman drift apart? You know what Satan really wants to do? Satan wants to drive a wedge between a husband and wife. He wants to separate a man from his wife. And, of course, he uses all kinds of techniques to do that. Maybe he leaves to go to work early in the morning and his wife doesn't, she's not really gotten herself fixed up, you know, for the day. And, and then he goes to work and there's this woman that works, you know, at a desk not far away from him. But she, she came to work really dressed up and it kind of gets his eye and, after a while, he's entangled in a relationship that's a sinful relationship. Satan enticed him, and he yielded and sinned. But what Satan was really trying to do was to drive a wedge between a man and between his wife to destroy that family. He wants your children. He wants to destroy your children. I believe in television. You see, I'm on television. I own televisions at my house. So I'm not anti-television. But there's so much on the television today that is calculated to destroy our children. 
destroy them ethically, to destroy them morally, and to destroy them spiritually. That's the reason that we need to discriminate as to what we view on television. So much of the music that our children listen to today is calculated to begin to control their minds and it will sow seeds in their minds that will result in a destroyed life. I'm telling you, Satan wants your children. That's the reason that we need to stand tall today. Fathers need to be standing tall in the home today. Mothers need to be on the alert today and try to do everything within our power to bring our children up in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. Satan wants to destroy your home. Don't allow that to happen. You need to bolt the door and do not let him in. But let me tell you what else the devil wants. He wants you to linger on the borderland line of the kingdom. Some of you might not be very far away from giving your life to Christ. You say, Brother Lambert, I've been listening to you now for a long time and, 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 and I've almost made up my mind that I want to become a New Testament Christian and I want to begin to attend the Church of Christ here in our community. I, I know some of the people there and they're nice people, good people, and I'd like to be with them. Some of you are like that. But for some reason, you've not yet made that choice. You see, Satan wants you to linger in the valley of decision. You know, an interesting statement, or it's really not a statement, it's just two words found in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 17, after God told Lot to flee from the Sodom because he was going to destroy Sodom with fire and brimstone. There are two little words in Genesis 19, 17 I find interesting, Lot lingered. Why in the world would a man linger knowing destruction was coming? I think it's because man's just prone to put off what he ought to be doing right now. I'll, I'll encourage you not to linger any longer, but to make a decision for Christ because devil is the one who wants us to wait. He, he wants me to wait about preaching certain Bible truths that need to be preached. He, he wants me to wait about my, my, my spiritual life. Don't, he said, you need to wait a little while longer before you get up that sermon, Billy. You, you need to wait a little longer before you, you, you memorize those scriptures, Billy. You, you need to wait. See, Satan wants us to linger. Don't do that. Obey today. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. I feel like my professors care not only about my progress in their classes, but also me as a person. Having teachers that will pray for me is incredible. Providing a Christ-centered education is the heart of everything we do at Fault University. From the classroom to the sports fields, we emphasize integrity of character and a godly attitude in all phases of life. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to 
Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. <laughs>